Hi everyone, welcome to This is the Song, a podcast where we bring you stories from a diverse array of creators working to create positive change in the Lasan community and beyond. So sit back, relax, be inspired, and learn something new with us. Today we are joined by Lisa Cole and Michelle Sweet Woods on behalf of the K2Y Academy, or Kindergarten to Industry Academy, a Lasan organization that engages with youth by bringing STEM to life and aims to build quality education in the greater Toronto area and beyond, as well as reduce inequality so that those who are traditionally underrepresented in STEM are inspired to pursue STEM careers. In our discussion, we talk about the origins of the organization, what its goals are, and how students listening to this podcast can get involved. All right. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Michelle. You know, it's going to be a very special episode today. So I think to start out, I think the audience wants to you know, know who you guys are a little bit. So could you introduce yourselves? I'm Lisa Cole. I'm the Director of Programming here at KDOI Academy and uh, passionate about equity, diversity, and inclusion work and excited to be here in this conversation talking about some of the work we're doing here at LaSant. And my name is Michelle Sue-Woods and I'm the Associate Director for Operations and Development for K2I Academy. I'm so thrilled to have joined LaSant as we start K2I Academy, build it, um, focused on equity and inclusion. So for those who might not know, uh, what is the K2I Academy and what do you guys do? K2I Academy was launched officially June of 2020, and it has a vision for creating more equitable opportunities for underrepresented students in STEM. Um, it's What we're trying to do is actually create an innovative ecosystem where we bring together partners who are also interested in doing this work with us. And we work very closely with the K-12 education sector partners, uh, school boards in particular uh, local to us, but also across Ontario, in thinking really strategically and systemically about the systemic barriers to opportunity and working with our partners to design innovative solutions to tackle some of these challenges that we currently face in diversifying particular STEM career pathways. So when and how did you guys get started? So the program officially began in June 2020, and Lisa joined the program first uh, to start things up, and then I joined her a few months later. All right, so I know you guys kind of touched on it, but what would you say is like the biggest end goal of the organization? Like what changes do you hope that your team can make? Yeah, so I know Michelle and I are here representing K2I, but I think uh, the call to action here and the work that we do at K2I is in service of Lassonde and actually a bigger vision that our Dean Jane Goodyear actually has for our school in that we're here in this community providing opportunity for youth to consider pathways into computer science, engineering, science, and STEM fields. And when we look across the current landscape of who is actually engaging in these careers, in these professions, and who is not, we know that we have a lot of work to do in diversifying representation of different perspectives, different worldviews, different lived experiences, knowledges and skills in these critical areas. You know, these professions actually create 
solutions to social and environmental challenges. These are very complex challenges in the world that we face today. And the innovators and the problem solvers that we need to be able to tackle these complex challenges need to represent the world population and the diversity of perspectives so that we can create really robust and creative solutions that actually makes impact. So with that greater sort of picture in mind, that future in mind, um, I think K2Y really exists. Almost a sort of, I would say, you know, I kind of joke sometimes because I was a physics teacher and I used to always have duct tape in my classroom because when things fall apart, the solution is always duct tape, right? So sometimes I think about K2Y being sort of the duct tape solution in the immediate where we know that our system is failing in terms of reaching those aspirational goals. And so we need to exist to maybe work differently with sector partners so that we can be that duct tape solution for now in the hopes that eventually K2I won't need to exist because you know we've, we've addressed the critical issue. We look at quality education as being one of the you know, UN Sustainable Development Goals. But what does quality education mean? It's not just about putting in more digital technologies and enhancing ed tech, right? It's also about making sure that the system itself is inspiring and engaging and building curiosity in our youth and helping to diversify the professions like STEM professions to be able to create the future society and the future you know, environmental sustainability that we need, not just for our current generation, for many generations ahead. So you talked a lot about systems, right? And in the beginning, you mentioned sort of dismantling those systemic barriers to education, right? So I know it's a very complex issue that people can talk for years about and have, but could you maybe describe some of the systemic barriers that students in STEM might face? As you can imagine, these systems have existed in Ontario and around the world for generations. You know, it's, it's highly complicated to work with systems on that scale, um, particularly around equity, which isn't you know, a core subject, like I'm going to improve science curriculum, or I'm going to improve something very, a subject area. So this work uh, requires all of us to be kind of pulling together and saying that we have a shared commitment to doing this and really making these changes within our organizations together so that we can really impact students the way we want to and hope to. We're conscious of our partnerships with the Ministry of Education and like larger school boards. So I think the goal isn't really to finger point at any one organization. I'm going to expand on that a little bit because I think, Connor, your question was very pointed, right? At like what's actually happening in our system, right? And I completely agree with Michelle that this is not about having one organization or one part of the system holding full blame, because I think the blame is actually on all of us. And, you know, the systems that we've created in our colonized society has created certain structures that's really hard to dismantle. And when we talk about equity work, we talk about saying that the work is not the same for everyone because you need to um, make sure that the supports and the resourcing that you're providing is reaching the populations that most need in that work. But the ultimate goal is actually about inclusion. 
So what could we create a system where all people can find a place in that space and find success and whatever success means? Our current system, unfortunately, you know, oftentimes people talk about our system in STEM as being a leaky pipeline. But the reality is those leaks where the students are dropping out of that pathway, it's not passive. Our system has pushed out Indigenous students, has pushed out Black students from that pathway, that pipeline, right? So those leaks are not leaky. They're not passive. There are filters. There are pumps that are actively pushing certain students out. And, you know, uh, recently the Ministry of Education has deployed a de-streamed grade nine science program on purpose because a de-streamed program allows for students to learn and not be identified as being ready for university or college early. You know, we take time to discover who we are. And the reason why streaming is problematic is that education is not objective. Like we, we seem to think that education is objective, but it's a people-to-people -people relationship in every space. And when you have people-to-people -people relationships, you are always confronted with your own bias. And even as a teacher, when you teach a class of, you know, in a high school, you could be teaching up to 90 students in a semester. Uh, how do you really get to know every student as a teacher? And then you ask a teacher to evaluate the success of that student. And that's a person-to-person -person relationship, right? No matter how you think, you know, number crunching and creating a grade is objective. It's actually not objective because it's about relationships. And if you don't have time to develop the relationships you need with your students, how do you authentically evaluate that student's goals? And so what we see is a system where, you know, uh, we have oppressive structures, um, where we have bias and we have racism and all of those things that we know is something we all need to work on happening also in the education space. So, you know, the challenge here, I think, you know, to expand on Michelle's point is that the system itself is complex, but we have to be willing to call out certain processes, certain structures, certain mindsets that are at play in those learning spaces. And I would argue that that happens here at Lausanne too. You're a student here. I'm sure you have encountered your own experiences as you're navigating your own personal education journey, right? And so the system itself has a lot of undoing to do because it's not the responsibility of just the student to navigate the system. We have to also think critically about what system are they navigating and what structures do we also need to dismantle and undo? No, I, I agree with you. I really like what you said. That was a that was a very like nuanced and informed answer. And like you said, like the reason I brought it up is because it's really good to be aware of the problems because if you don't face them yourself personally, then it can be extremely difficult to, you know, see and understand them. So knowing what the problems of the system are and having people talk about them in such detail like you guys did, it it's very helpful. I think it's like the first step towards change. 
pick corner, if you were to look back at your grade seven self, would you know where you were supposed to be in university? Would you have picked this path? Would you have knowingly thought this is what I have the potential to be? No. No, right. not at no. all. Right. And so who is to say and who is to determine that you could or could not based on your course selection for high school in grade nine? Right. And who gave you the advice on which courses to take? Right. So yeah. when you are put in a path without really your so own self-awareness of where you could go or the supports to kind of get you there, then you're on a path that is not really determined by you per se, because you don't know your potential. We don't know your potential, really. We don't know all these things about you that are yet to be discovered. And so how do we go about keeping those paths open and letting you explore those paths so that when the time is right, you can choose those paths if you so desire. I guess in the moment, I never really thought about it, but you know, I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. But I realize now that a lot of classes that I took in you know, grade eleven and grade twelve, like I had a lot of prerequisites starting yeah. in grade nine. So at times, it kind of felt like, all right, this is what I'm choosing. I'm choosing the next four years right now, like as, as a fourteen year old, like. Yeah, we don't really give enough time for students for self-discovery, right? And to dabble in a variety of different things before uh, you make informed decisions, right? And, you know, um, I also think that there are other factors like finances, right? Like, I, you know, you look at a degree like the, de the degree programs here at Lausanne, you know, they're expensive. Right. And so I think about students who, um, you know, we can talk about the academic side of things, right? Also the personal and financial side of family situations and personal finances. And so it's an investment uh, in, in accruing debt potentially for students uh, to pursue post-secondary studies. And I think about all of the untapped talent and potential due to, you know, how our system sets up the ways in which we operate as well, right? And, you know, I think about our summer program, which I can let Michelle talk a little bit about that, and how we actually know that for high school students, where they might have to work to start saving for university, they don't have time necessarily for an enrichment program. <laughs> right. And so how do we as uh, an organization like K2I take a multi-pronged approach in designing out initiatives that starts to dismantle some of these critical barriers to opportunity? Right. And so even the way we operate at K2I, we're thinking about that system and we're placing very much like how I'm sure, Connor, you think about designing software in your computer science class or our engineers designing a solution. You place the user, right? In our case, the student and the family at the center of that design. 
And then you take a look at what's the lived experience potentially of that student and the family, and what are the critical pieces of problems or challenges that the student and family faces, and how do we design around that? So I would say at K2I, we're thinking about a lot of factors at the same time when we're designing initiatives. Um, so maybe, Michelle, you can expand on the integrated learning program a bit. Sure. So we were really excited to welcome about 160 high school students that were hired as part of our K2I lab assistants team. And they were working with undergraduate students um, and the K2I members working on a research project and also pursuing reU or grade 11 physics credit um, as part of the program. What's critical about this program and so interesting is that they were hired. So they were receiving an hourly wage, full-time hours, 35 hours a week, five days a week. Um, so they actually were being paid to work on a research project, but also participate in the class and work towards a credit. So for some of these students, for many of these students, it gave them the opportunity to not have to choose between earning money or to support themselves or to support their families and going to school. And it simultaneously, it opens up an incredible pathway for them if they chose to pursue a STEM path, specifically in engineering or computer science or any other degree that would require a physics credit. Um, so we are so excited by the partnerships that we've created with our external partners to offer this program. It is highly complicated. If you could imagine hiring undergraduate and high school and navigating them through that process, it is incredible to see. What's even further uh, more unique about this is that they all work virtually. So it doesn't matter where they are. We partner with three school boards, which Toronto District School Board, the North Region District School Board, um, the Pool District School Board. They come from across all three. So they can span east to west and north of York. And they are able to work virtually because we send them all their materials for physics to their homes. So every single lab assignment, they receive an entire box full of everything they could possibly require. In addition, they also receive all of their other materials related to a research project um, that they work on with their mentors. So it is an amazing program, one where we have seen incredible success from our students. The medians for the students that participated surpassed all of our expectations. Um, so really, it sets such an interesting precedent in terms of what the capacity for the students that have these types of supports and really transforming kind of a path for a student. So you talked quite a bit about what the high school students are going to take away from this experience, but what do you think the Lausanne students helping out these high school students will get from this experience? So, you know, we often talk about work integrated learning in the context of high school students being part of this work integrated learning program, but it's very easy to say as well, that this is work integrated learning for our undergraduate students also, right? So, you know, for many of our students, it has been two years of home-based learning. Um, and so some of that time that would have been spent maybe having that part-time job and learning work skills uh, might have been missed. And so 
what we're doing with K2I is creating an ecosystem also of students that were supporting and growing and nurturing undergraduate students specifically to become that next generation of professionals, whether they're in engineering or computer science or any other science area or STEM area. Um, so it's been so interesting. They're gaining communication skills. They're gaining facilitation skills. They're learning how to operate within teams, how to lead by example and leadership development. They're guiding work which is so fascinating for them. They have never had to necessarily be the person stewarding a group of younger students through a very complicated research project at times, um, and also partnering together with a Lausanne faculty member. So they're balancing so many different priorities and really supporting these high school students, not only through the research, but also what might be happening in class as well. Right, so providing homework help or tutoring as needed, um, and and really becoming mentors that won't necessarily just be with those students during the program itself, the one month, but really form a network that will transcend the boundaries of the high school students' time in high school, um, and mentor them throughout maybe their early professional career or later on in their career. Uh, there are multiple teams that have plans social activities and things like that post-program because they are really invested in their team's success and their students' success. I'd like to ex expand on that a little bit. You know, when I think about what happens to our Lassant students after they graduate, they're going to be working potentially out there, wherever they are going. I know, Connor, you're off to do a co-op. So I know that you're gonna be integrating yourself into a learning experience on the job, but then also eventually into a career, right? And when we think about you know, our work that's grounded in equity, diversity and inclusion work, change also needs to happen in industries and in workplaces, right? And so with these mentors developing these skills and mentorship and being able to project manage leadership with a deep, understanding of the equity, diversity, and inclusion work, working with youth, and really understanding how you engage in a collaborative work and leading a team, we know that those skills grounded in equity, diversity, and inclusion understanding is also critical in the workplace. You know, at Lassonde, our students are going to become future leaders, right? Future managers, future people that are going to be guiding the direction of work in a variety of different sectors. And what we need are not only engineers and computer scientists that are uh, skilled in the technical aspects, because I think your schooling provides you the technical skills, but we also need uh, future leaders in these spaces and these professions that are also connected to people and understanding the role they play in leadership in those spaces. So we are happy to also provide opportunity for undergraduate students to really deeply um, become connected with people and understand the role that we play in creating the, the cultural changes we also need in many of the industry spaces that our students will end up working in. Yeah, giving them a lot of directly applicable skills to their future endeavors. So honestly, it sounds like a good opportunity that I'm sure a lot of students listening would like to get involved in. So are there ways students can get involved or help? How can students be more aware of the 
events that you have planned in the future? So we have a few different ways students can get involved. First would be um, to apply to our work-study position on the work-study portal, and they can do that by looking online or reaching out to us at ky.lasand.northview.ca. They can just email us directly and say, you know what, hey, I really want to get involved and how can I help? That's a great way to start as well and just kind of dip your toe in the water and see if you like it, right? So we are open to anything and always looking for undergraduate students to help support our programs throughout the year. All right, so we're getting kind of close to time here. So I just wanna ask one more question just to leave our audience thinking. So what can we as engineering students do to spread the values of EDI that you guys at KDY work so hard to spread in our everyday lives? Well, I think it always starts with, you know, anytime we work with our undergraduate students and as well as our high school students and any partners, it often starts with a bit of self-reflection, right? And, um, and kind of thinking about the role you have right? All the skills and knowledges that you have and thinking about how you're going to leverage that in service of others. And, you know, sometimes we talk about taking a look at your privilege. And when we, when we do that, sometimes we forget the second part of that work, which is how are you going to leverage your privilege in service of others who don't hold the same privilege? And I think as all of us here at Lausanne navigates our work day, navigates our social circles and live our lives and learn to discover something about ourselves and how we engage in our professional self, but also our social self. I think it's really important to keep that in mind, right? Like we all hold privilege in some areas. You know, I, I come from a Korean background. Uh, I did a physics degree. I think about all the things that I didn't have in my childhood, but I now have that I can now, you know, kind of leverage in service of others. So I think, you know, for listeners out there, I think you do need to do a bit of self-reflection in figuring out what areas of privilege do I hold and how will I leverage that privilege in service of others who don't hold the same privilege, number one. Number two, I think there's a lot of learning that still needs to happen. I don't think there's a such thing as an EDI expert. I think that's a lie. I think we're all on a continuum of learning and our systems we know perpetuates things like racism. And so how do you become an anti-racist, right? How do you, how do you actually you know, constantly think about how the workplaces and our social places can be racist places? And we have to work hard to counter that. And I think my educational experience was still in this system, right? When I think back to my early years of teaching physics, you know, I usually, you know, when I meet up with the students that I taught in my early years, I start with an apology, right? Because I think they were my teachers because they were telling me that what I was doing was not meeting their needs. And I needed to kind of own that. And I think in my early years of teaching, I maybe didn't hear that call to action as clearly as I needed to, right? Because I got educated in the same system. So even though I'm a racialized woman teaching physics who had to persevere because I was sitting in physics classes and I was the only woman, I was perpetuating the same 
structures in my teaching because I didn't take a moment to reflect, understand the system, do my own learning to know that my actions and my words also perpetuates the same systems to others. I think it's a combination of some learning, some reflection, um, and really engaging in honest conversations with people that you feel safe and brave to have those conversations with. I think it's also important to speak out when, when, when you witness injustice. Take care of each other, right? Be kind to each other and be a listener. We spend too much time talking at people. I think we would be better at you know, taking a moment and, and truly listening um, and listening actively to understand perspectives that are different from yours and suspend sort of your initial reaction to argumentation. Because I think when you are learning something new, like we know that when you're learning how to, you know, I don't know, factor in mass, it's new, it feels uncomfortable, right? And then you kind of deal with it and you just kind of, you know, get to understanding it. But I would say that human to human interaction is the same. When someone has a view or a perspective that goes completely different from yours, it feels uncomfortable and it feels different. And our human to human interaction sometimes um, has sort of this, this re immediate response where you become argumentative or you become defensive. But rather than doing that, maybe just hold back a moment and just stay in the listening space because the other perspective that you're hearing may be the perspective that you need. And I think, you know, there is this human to human connection piece that in the busyness of our daily lives, we sometimes forget. Well, that's a great answer to, you know, really close us out. You know, I know just throughout this conversation that you guys have given me a lot to think about and a lot of things that I didn't even consider before. But it was like you're saying, you know, being aware of these things and, you know, listening to people, you know, that's just the start. And there's a lot more work to be done. So thank you guys for being on our episode. This was really fun. Thanks, thank Connor. You. All the best. Good luck on your co-op next term. <laughs> thank you. That was Lisa Cole and Michelle Sweet Woods. While these discussions about equity, diversity, and inclusion cover complex topics, it's important to be aware of the barriers that exist for different groups of youth in pursuing a STEM education. The K2I Academy is a group of innovative thinkers and doers committed to working together to create positive change. If this sounds like you, I encourage you to get involved. If you're interested in learning more about the K2I Academy, reach out to k2i at lasan.yorku.ca. Until next time, thanks for joining us on This is Lasan.